I want to thank you for uh, putting up with my lessons from the trail series year after year. I've enjoyed doing that each year, and this is the last one in our camp meeting month of August. And uh, then I look forward to going again next year and doing it again next year. But from where we are, I want to share with you a theme that is very dear to me, and that has to do with uh, the rest that Jesus gives us, uh, not to be misunderstood from other types. On the trail, there's a term called a zero day. You may not know what that means, but you probably can already interpret it. It simply means that's a day in which a trail hiker makes zero progress going anywhere. You, know, you may wonder, how do you do that? It means intentionally you decide that particular day you're not going to hike it day. Uh, maybe you've been doing it consecutive days for a while, and it's time to take a break. You know, there are zero days in other places. I think there's actually some zero days on the church calendar, sort of like the day after Easter. We call it uh, Easter Monday, and even we, the, even we give the staff off. We close down. No one ever calls on Easter Monday. Uh, the day after Christmas might be one of the zero days. You couldn't scare up a crowd if you had to. However, this year, you may know that, that Christmas Day is on a Sunday. And one of the other ways we look at it is you may think personally of a zero day being a, a beach day on vacation. Is that a zero day for you? Or maybe you pick whatever you like to go. It's one of those days you're out by yourself. You're not, your mind's not on any other troubles or things you have to accomplish. But it is a zero day. You're just there to enjoy it and be quiet. Some folks may think, that, well, one type of zero day is when you're sick. You know, you're at home and you're feeling terrible. Maybe you just barely got to bed to eat a little if you can feel like it. And you don't get anything done all day. It truly is a zero day. The only thing is, many of those we never really want to repeat. And some of them leave us exhausted at the end of them. But then there's a way that Jesus talks about it for us to learn. It began, I picked this passage in part because it began with this phrase, weary and carrying heavy burdens. I thought, oh, oh, that's the trail phrase. Because everyone that's walking out there who is section hiking or longer is always carrying a pack of some weight. Mine is always weighed between the low of 26 pounds this year to as heavy as 46 pounds to carry, which was stupid to carry the other end, but I carried it anyway. Because uh, we carry burdens, they carry a burden every step of the way. And there's a sense in which I know your burden may not be a pack on our back, but all of us may feel them in different ways. Our text, when it says that those come uh, who are weary and heavy burdened, can you find yourself there? That's important when you look in the Bible. Can you find yourself in the story of what Jesus is saying? Am I there? Are there burdens that I am carrying that Jesus would care about? I think about people who, are, who have and are carrying the burden of caring for a loved one in times of illness, especially if that continues for a long period of time. I think of those who uh, carry that uh, special love and care for uh, people who are disabled or with special needs. That, to me, is someone who carries a burden, but does it with great love. Ernie Nelson, I think about what you're doing as a way you carry a burden inside of a calling. It keeps you going every day there in Santa Elena and 
so thankful we are that but for a little time we could be with you and hope to be there again. Jesus speaks to people in everyday language. He talks about being weary and burdened. Some folks think maybe he was talking to those uh, Jews around him that felt the weight of keeping the law. You know, not just the Ten Commandments, but the 600 plus laws that were now out there interpreting the Ten. Was that whom to whom he was speaking? Probably, and also to more. It fits that Jesus is talking about all of us who are carrying the weight of our sin and have yet to find a way to put that down and move on in a way that God has his way with us. Jesus comes for those who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Some of those are normal burdens like parenthood. Isn't that a burden after a while? It is if you have enough of them. I mean, that's exercise and a half about those who have major responsibilities at work which affects the lives of many. They certainly have a burden to carry. I think of those who are suffering from addictions of one kind or another, and I think, what a burden people carry. They need help. And Jesus says, come find help here. That is the good news of the day, that Jesus spoke to not only them, he speaks to us about rest. And the subject of rest is one that we don't listen to very well. We feel uneasy about it because it makes us feel like we're a slacker if we rest too much. You're afraid that someone else is going to get ahead of us. We're going to miss something important, so why should we rest? One description of the way rest days are used is it's a time when I catch up on the rest of the shopping, the rest of the housework, and the laundry. And that's how we use the rest day. Simply as a catch-up day. When God has more in store for us if we pay attention to what he is doing. This time was my 13th time out on the trail and the first time I ever took a zero day. Now, some folks would say, but Glenn, you know, you only walk about eight to 11 days. You take the rest of the year off as your zero days at one time. And that's really true, you know. But this particular time when we came off of Mount Washington, I described a couple of weeks ago, we had bypassed part of the high peaks because of the weather and made us arrive at a certain spot a day early and our plane flight was still going to be out four more days from now we only had three days of walking left and we decided this is the place to spend it sitting there in a nice comfortable place with two meals paid at 35 dollars that was a good day you know that that was a good day to rest a day when we could sit there and not take a step of progress but the irony is most of the Days that are zero days in the trail tend to be taken when the weather is bad. That's what makes them empty the trail and go into all the towns that are around. They get off and go to them. I've gone to a number of towns and spent a night. Uh, one, I'm going to just give you a list of some of those that are actually on the trail. Damascus, Virginia, Hot Springs, North Carolina, Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, Duncannon, Pennsylvania, Pauling, New York, Hanover, New Hampshire, North Adams, Massachusetts, and Gorham, New Hampshire, all towns where people do zero days. Places where they go in and get a little freedom from the drudgery of walking on the trail, get their clothes clean, themselves clean, sleep in a bed for a night, eat better food, and let their feet rest. That really is what it's about. 
so the feet can then go out and carry you some more. Jesus calls us to a rest. It's not all about the physical rest that we're talking about. He wants us to know it's more about what he can do in us and through us. He lets us know that while in our trails, I think about bad weather making me come in. I think about the need for shower or food or resupply. He says the scriptures teach us about rest also. We hear often said about the use of the day. This is the Sabbath day. It's one of those commandments where you're supposed to rest uh, every seventh day. That would in the Jewish tradition be on Saturday or Friday night to Saturday sundown. And we think about uh, rest being remembering what God has done for the people of Israel. We rest because God has made the world and he himself rested on the seventh day. He wants us to know that he has created a law for our own good. It was made that we can have the rest our body requires. But even Jesus knew we could make of it what is not intended. And in Mark 2 verse 27, he said, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for it. See, it is meant to serve us as a way that we find a spiritual as well as a physical time for rest and recovery. And Jesus wants us to know the way we do is we learn to come to him. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. One of the best translations of that text is, and I will rest you. Not a rest, by the way, rest you. I will put that in you because it's a spiritual part of us, not the simple kind of rest that comes from sitting down and letting your body be at peace for a few minutes or hours. There's something that lets your spirit find a way that God is speaking to you. You learn to pay attention. It's the, one of the, it's the only time in all the New Testament where Jesus' words are recorded. He uses the word easy. We think of the Christian life being a difficult life. He said it's hard, that it's a lot asked of us. And the disciples must have felt that way from the beginning when Jesus and his crucifixion his arrest and crucifixion, they fled from him for fear. Fear often keeps us from rest. In our own day, it said that the fear of, uh, of missing out. We're afraid that if we rest, we won't see the things we want to. We won't be a part of things. Well, we can also miss what God is doing by not resting. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. An easy yoke. Jesus being a carpenter, they would have made yokes. That's that handmade item that would be put on an oxen, preparing it for labor. They're custom made to fit the particular animal. That means they fit well. And when they fit well, the animal can do the most work with the least stress and strain on it. He's saying, my yoke fits well. I'm going to put a, a calling in your life that I've made you for. I'm going to put a work in front of you that you're designed to do. I'm going to give you the spirit with which you can carry it out a, along with the graces and the gifts that you need. That's why my yoke is easy. But you have to take it. He did not say that life is easy. I agree with Scott Peck in the book when he began it with that 
that sentence that you start with this sentence and you can go from that, life is difficult. It is. It's not a simple experience with only joys. It's meant to be complex and sometimes complicated, but never outside the realm of God's touch on us. If we pay attention to him, he said, for my burden is light. It's light because he is there carrying it along with us. He's not giving it to us so that we are to be burdened alone by it, but he's put it not only in our mind, but in our heart and our soul. We care deeply. That is the burden we're asked to carry. As a church, as each being individuals in the church, as a denomination, as Christians throughout the world, we're called to the same calling. That he wants us to know what his love is like. That zero day seemed odd to me because after having walked the cold day before, it was the most beautiful day of the entire trip. The temperature was 20 degrees warmer that day. We're sitting there drying out our shoes because they'd been wet for four days. And we were uh, trying to rest. And people in droves, literally 25 in one group, wearing shorts, are now walking up where the day before we were bundled up coming out in the snow and rain. They had a great day. That place called Tuckerman's Ravine, they were going up watching people skiing. I watched one big old guy with his skis tied to his back with shorts and no shirt walking up the hill. I thought... As he lost his mind, I'd like to go see that, you know, but I didn't get up and go because I was resting. A rest day in the trail is needed. Jesus teaches us that he rests us. As an analogy, someone shared me about what that rest is like. He said, our rest in Jesus is just like a tree rests in the earth. As a rest is the tree puts its roots down deep and draws its nourishment from it and could not live without that relationship. That is how we rest in him. Not as simple as sitting on a seat. It's allowing our heart and our time and our efforts to be in him and that God can use us and he does that for us. Jesus says, let me teach you. Isn't that wonderful? He said, let me teach you. One thing I hope anyone who is a part of this church is that you have a teachable spirit. You don't think you know everything or you're beyond needing to know anything extra. You got enough. Instead, you have a spirit where God is out there always teaching you. Letting you see what he's doing, your abilities, his desires and encouragements he gives to you for the kind of work he puts in front of us. God certainly has a plan. This quote has been used by several people. As some folks say General Patton used it, and some say Vince Lombardi used it. Maybe even Shakespeare used it. It goes like this. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. Saying that when we don't learn to rest, that is to abide in Jesus, then we become cowards because we get tired out all that life pulls on us we simply have not let him give us that rest he said I'll give it to you not that you earn it that you have to make it happen you let it happen I love Sundays they are a great day in the week 
It's not my off day, okay? It is for many of you. And I hope it is a day of rest, maybe. Certainly, I'm glad you're here. I hope that's regular for each one of you, those who are visiting as well as our, uh, those who are here as a part of the church, that you're, you're here regularly in worship, and you find it a place where your spirit is nurtured. You find a peace, new energy for what God is going to want from you in the week ahead. And then you may take a nap this afternoon, right? Take that nap if you want to. That's good. Jesus says, come to me, and he is still saying that today. He's still saying, come to me. He's waiting for us to do it. I invite you in a moment as we sing our closing hymn to think about how we learn to rest. The call of Jesus, the yoke he gives to us, for which he has made us. It fits well. Would you pray with me? Our Father, you know each of us, not only by name, but by our heart. You know that we are a body and mind and we're a spirit. And that soul is so important. It made your disciples into, made them into martyrs. They end up giving their life, though they began it so afraid, because you nurtured their soul. You gave it a rest. Their lives changed. And they became your servants. Help us, Father, to be that kind of follower. To know your peace and your presence above all things. In the name of Jesus, amen.